this. You know, every coach you go to is going to start with, okay, let's talk about what your natural drivers are. What is it that motivates you, right? So with the why discovery, we have found that coaches really appreciate getting to this work and getting it done in five minutes or less, getting the answer, knowing what drives their clients, and then getting to the work they do best. Because people don't come to a coach to discover their why. They come to a coach because they want to find their next career. They want to make a career transition or they want to live a better, more healthy life. Whatever it is that they want to do, um, they come to the coach for that. They discover the why and they figure out what drives them. And then they get to that work that they do best. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 195 with Chief Growth Officer at the Y Institute, Dan Dominguez. This is squadron leader confirming hostiles inbound. Prepare for battle. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, you got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, JC Preston, connector of amazing people and great ideas. And joining me as co-host once again is Veronica Karen, creator of the Stories of COVID Project. This is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. One of the main themes we've discussed on this show is the concept of passion and how it plays a role in doing fulfilling work. And in my mind, passion and the question why are essentially talking about the same thing. It's the fuel for why you do what you do. I first really started thinking about the importance of uh, passion back when Simon Sinek started his work with with why. Uh, later, I'd hear more of the importance of it when Gary Vee talked about it and how it's you know really the fuel to running a business. And there's going to be some days where you won't want to actually work, but that's you know that's where the passion comes into play to actually do the work you're doing, which will allow you to move forward even when you're really not even motivated. That same fuel Simon alludes to when he's talking about why, as a company, Apple does the work that they do. That what that's really what keeps them focused. Likewise, today's guest Dan Dominguez realized something needed to change in his own life when his career wasn't as fulfilling as it had been in the past. And to fix things, he ended up taking time off to figure things out. And it didn't take too long before he noticed that his dentist Gary Sanchez was doing something that was really interesting to him over at the Y Institute, and soon he became part of the team to help grow the awareness of the company. So in our conversation today, Dan shares with us the story of how the Y Institute came to be, uh, what the different Y types are, and things to consider as we move past the pandemic. But before we get to that, I want to remind you guys of Fizzle. And, you know, I've been a fan of Fizzle since beginning of this show. And in fact, it's the platform I met Veronica through. And funny enough, I remember that her stating when we first met that she was unsure of using social media to promote herself. And today, 
It's not even a question if that's the right thing to do, but I'll never forget that first discussion. Since then, it's been my recommendation for people to check out if they realize that they they really want to start a business. And, And recently, Corbett Barr, the founder of Fizzle, shared he was actually going to refocus on the development of the platform. And more interestingly to me was that he said that the team was going to be bringing uh, in help from the community to teach certain topics. So if one of your passions is helping others with what you're learning about, maybe it's time to check into Fizzle and see if you can help them with their efforts over there. Or maybe you're not quite there yet. You know, with all the courses and community that's over there, I still believe you can get a great foundation in starting your business through the Fizzle platform. And whether you're a veteran or a newbie, you can check it out today by visiting newinceptions.com slash fizzle. That's newinceptions.com slash F-I-Z-Z-L-E. Also remember, you too can get in on this conversation. All you have to do is tag us on social media and share with us your thoughts on the conversation and what it has meant to you. Also be sure to leave a comment on whatever you're listening to the show on. Doing so will not only get you involved, but will help other people find the show. And in fact, if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll be sure to read it in an upcoming session. And while you're at it, share this episode with someone that you think would benefit from it. I'm sure they'll thank you. Also remember, if you need help in scaling your business, drop us a message at heyguysatnewinceptions.com with any of your questions, whether you need advice or a strategic introduction to other amazing people. We love to help our listeners in any way that we can. Show notes and show note extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 195. And as always, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey everyone, this is JC Preston and Veronica Kieran, founder of the Stories of COVID Project and multi-TEDx speaker. Veronica, <laughs> how's your 2021 looking so far? I don't know if that's like actual English multi-TEDx speaker. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't quite sure what to call it, but it's, it's definitely the truth. If uh, people haven't seen your your um, your presentation, I, I definitely think they should by, by now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's actually pretty good. Well, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> But thank you. Um, And 2021 is getting quite exciting already, just as you and I were discussing. Um, It's now public knowledge that I am moving to Berlin at the end of this month. So I have T minus two weeks to pack up my life and get on out of here. So um, yeah, 2021 is doing good. (laughs) You know, it was funny that you're you're actually going to be moving. And so this is this is recording this in, in January of 2021. It's interesting that you're actually moving on the day that I last year, I'm pretty sure that I got COVID for the second time. So (laughs) it's just like, oh, that's cool. You know, it just it it just people are kind of over the whole COVID thing, at least just in some regards. And, you know, just not letting it be a barrier to, you know, other things, because that's what happened last year is a lot of people froze. Right. And we didn't know what to really think and really what to do. And and Mm -hmm. I think people are kind of getting over that. So that's Awesome news. Yeah. You know, as we've talked about multiple times on the show, uh, everyone's reasons for doing what they're doing are are different. Again, uh, travel is one of those. And one of the those reasons for many of us in, is to give ourselves the ability to explore the world and, and do things we would never have fulfilled had we stayed in a traditional nine to five space without doing a full inventory on what we were there in the first place. Someone I think who can speak quite well to this is... Today's guest, his background is, has been involved uh, 24 years in the healthcare 
sales space and he's rose to leadership roles at the national level for one of the nation's largest medical device companies. And under his leadership, his teams consistently surpassed their sales quotas. However, he realized, like a lot of us do, that this came at actually at a price. And, you know, he was spending two to three weeks every month traveling and then coming home to volunteer as a board member of three charitable organizations he was a part of and really wasn't leaving much time for those that were most important to him, and which is, of course, his family. So he d- dedicated himself to, to finding a new career, which allowed him to fulfill his calling as a sales leader while fulfilling his need to contribute positively to his community. And three months later, he became the chief growth officer at the Y Institute. Today, our guest, Dan Domingas, exists to positively impact the lives of others and their work. And he does this by challenging the status quo and looking at things from a different perspective. And uh, one big way he does this is by building trusting relationships to help others move forward faster. He can be found at the Y Institute via yinstitute.com. Dan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Well, thanks so much. I'm so excited to be on with you guys with a multiple TEDx speaker and a multiple COVID-19 victim survivor um, yeah <laughs> i don't know which you know i don't i don't know who's more impressive uh congratulations jc i'm glad you're okay yeah. glad to hear you survived that and uh and veronica uh i will say your your tedx talks were more than than just pretty good they're they're darn good uh listen listening to them and, and just getting the insights that you're able to get from the research that you've done and how you share it has been a lot of fun thank you yeah let's poke some fun on jc here i'm always down for that um, but th- <laughs> I really great. appreciate that. Um, and I actually find our interview, Dan, really timely because we're at the beginning of a new year. And now I realize that many entrepreneurs and uh, go-getters know what we do, that resolutions don't tend to work. They often peter out by March statistically, but the new year is still a universally shared time demarcation, which does provide one with the chance for reflection and to check, kind of check their own pulse, so to speak. And so, uh, you know, how has the last 12 months gone? Did they achieve what they'd hoped or how did they handle unforeseen events like a pandemic, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so with that, your work runs deep in this space uh, because it's critical to know oneself at at their core before they can answer these questions or set any sort of goals for the future. So um, I want to walk back a little bit and get curious about your moment of reflection, Dan, because you started your career in a totally different industry, um, which tells me that there was an aha moment or a moment of reflection for you. And so can you tell us... um, the circumstances of what brought that aha on um, and like paint that picture of that moment, maybe the dark night of the soul when you said this was too much and I, I need to uh, realign my life with my values. That's, that is a great question, question Veronica. And, and it's a story I often tell because I think it's important to share. I know there's probably someone out there in the same shoes that I was in. Mm-hmm. You know, if you looked at my LinkedIn profile, all those years ago, and you saw, oh, look, look at what Dan's doing. You know, he he came out of the military and in 2003 and began a career in pharmaceutical sales and 
just within a few years, he moved into the medical device industry and did a really good job, such a good job that that a Fortune 100 company came calling and said, hey, Dan, we want you to work for Ooh. us. You were a ranger, though, weren't you, Dan? I was, yes. I was I was in the Army for uh, 11 total years between active duty and reserve. I spent some time with the 3rd Armored Cav, and I did go through ranger training, which is okay. different, JC. Right. So I am ranger trained. Mm. I wasn't in an actual ranger unit. Well, thank you for your service. My uh, my wife actually is in the service, so anytime that we have a, uh, a veteran on, I, I appreciate it. So thank you. No, thank you for thank you for acknowledging that. And, uh, you know, I always make that distinction because those, those young men that are in the actual Ranger battalions do tremendously difficult work. And uh, I want to make sure that I acknowledge mm-hmm. that I acknowledge uh, the difference between being Ranger trained and actually going to a Ranger battalion and, and doing those difficult missions that they do. Mm-hmm. So came out of the military, uh, did some pharmaceutical sales for a few years and walked into a medical device position uh, selling endoscopes to to gastroenterologists and was really successful, successful enough that uh, Baxter Healthcare came calling and they said, hey, we want, we want you to come work for us. So I went to work for them and advanced really quickly. You know, I was a regional manager within like three and a half years. And then within three and a half more years, I was uh, placed as a director for the United States managing an entire therapy for that for that company in having a great time because I was lucky that as I was advancing, I was working for the same guy that I worked for every time. Every time he got promoted, I would get promoted. And it was, it was kind of a fun path that we had together. So just like anywhere else, I think in a corporate environment, if you're working for the right person, it's a great time, right? If you're allowed to do those things that'll, that give you energy. So for me, as, as JC talked about, my why is to contribute to the success of others. So in everything I do, I'm always looking to see how can I help? Mm. I'm one of those people that, Veronica, if you say, if you call me up and say, Dan, I need help, I'm going to say yes before I even know what kind of help you need. Oh. You could need a nuclear physicist, but I'm going <laughs> to say yes. I don't know what you need. I'm going to go help. Um, and I'll find a way to help. Nuclear physicists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. You always need a nuclear always. physicist, not not a not a chief growth officer, right? <laughs> um, but but so my why is to contribute to the success of others, and and the way I did that, in, even in my corporate role as a as a sales director with seven regional managers and a lot of responsibility, um, is I'm I was always looking to see what could I do to help my team succeed. What can I do so that those people under me succeed? What can I do to help my counterparts, those that are directing other regions? can do better. And so that's my nature for by far. I'd go out of my way to help people. I'm the kind of person when you're coaching me, you have to teach me to start saying no. Mm-hmm. Dan, can you say no to some people? Because you're always trying to help so many people that you spread spread yourself too thin. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what JC described in the bio. You know, I'm I'm working, you know, out of town three weeks out of the year. I'm also, I mean, three weeks out of the month, I'm also coming home and I'm on a rotary board. I'm on a school board, um, helping fundraise, uh, helping a fundraising golf tournament. Cause that's, that's me. I love to give. I'm that person that when you need help, you call. And every time they called, I said, yes. And then that realization, that dark moment that you're looking for, Veronica, I'm sitting in my office. It's two o'clock in the morning, my home office. And I'm crunching through numbers because we had had some changes at our company. And I now work for someone who was 
ran, ran things a little bit differently. Baxter didn't become bad. And this new person wasn't a bad person, but they had different priorities than the previous person. Right. So I no longer could kind of just run my team. It wasn't like, because it, it, one of the things that JC talked about is I like to challenge the status quo, which means I don't do things the way everyone else does them. So I don't do really well working with someone who wants a lot of structure. Mm. I do well where I'm giving the freedom. You know, if you say, Dan, here's the number your team has to hit, go, go do it. Great. And don't, we don't care how you do it as long as you don't break the law. That was kind of the guidance I used to run under. And we had a lot of fun. You know, we, we'd have regional meetings in fun places. We'd bring people in. Uh, you know, I, I remember having a regional meeting in, uh, at the Kentucky Derby Museum in Louisville, Kentucky, and, and just having fun things like that. Whereas if you work under someone who says, hey, look, all our meetings need to happen at corporate because that saves us money and we are going to, this is the agenda and these are what the things you have to do. That didn't leave time for me to have a fun at breakout activity where we go learn how to gamble on the horses, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but that's, but you know, and, and my teams love that because we always had a lot of fun. Something you do when you have a why of challenge of status quo, you do things because they're fun. You do things because they're different, right? So as I was contributing to the success of my team, I was always challenging the status quo and finding ways to be different and have fun. And then ultimately what I wanted to do was build trust. And what I mean by that is I always wanted to make sure that the folks that worked for me knew that I had their best interest in mind and that if they needed something, they could come to me and I would bend over backwards to take care of them. And sometimes under a different style of leadership, you lose that also, right? Because you're not given that flexibility anymore. So all those things led to me sitting there working through, you know, two o'clock in the morning, trying to look at my budget and looking at the numbers that are coming in. It's three months left till the end of the year. And are you going to do it? Right. And I'm scratching my head. Uh, My daughter's going to be up for school in four and a half hours. She's seven years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I I look at uh, her journal. So she's a prolific, she's now nine, but at that time she was a prolific little writer. And I'm looking at her journal and I open it up and she's writing a story about her birthday, her eighth birthday. And she says, yeah, she's saying, I'm looking forward to my birthday. She's always wanted a horse, right? So she's talking about her friends are at the house and there she sees a trailer pull up. So it's this wonderful birthday scene because she knows the horse is in it. But then the next line, really, if you want to look for that dark moment, the next line smacked me in the face. She said, unfortunately, my dad couldn't Uh, because he had to travel for work. (laughs) And and I wanted to call my dad and I wanted to tell him thank you for the horse. But I didn't want to bother him because his meetings are important. And that is the moment when I said, okay, this has to change. I'm not only affecting me, I'm for sure I am affecting my seven-year-old daughter. I'm affecting my wife. Um, I'm not the person that I need to be for my family. So what's the point of making all the money and doing all the traveling and, and all the benefits that come from being a director at a Fortune 100 company when you can't enjoy it? Um, so, so that day I made a decision and, uh, no less than two weeks later, I had a conversation with my then boss and, uh, I decided I'm going to take a year off. I I said, I'm going to take a year 
to figure out what it is that I want to do next, because whatever I do next has to be something that I would do whether I was getting paid or not. Right. You want to work at something that you love. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's what I did. Uh, I took three months off and said, I took, uh, I decided to take a year off and I started looking and, and I really wasn't looking very hard. I was enjoying just being home 24 seven, but that gets old. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, but it, but it was fun too, in that I was available. I was able to go to my daughter's school with her. I was able to, uh, you know, take her to school, pick her up, have lunch with her, all those things that I had missed out on and really reconnected with her, reconnected with my wife. And in the middle of that, I meet Gary, Gary Sanchez, who's our founder and CEO at the Y Institute. Now we have a long relationship. Uh, we've known each other for about 20 years. He's my dentist. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he is someone who, just like the rest of us, uh, saw that Simon Sinek TED Talk 10 years ago talking about why. Mm -hmm. And he has gotten into that because he finished listening to the TED Talk and he did something probably not a lot of us have done, is he called Simon up and said, Simon, I want to know my why. Can you help? Nice. <laughs> and Simon, at, back then, Simon would pick up the phone and he <laughs> said, well, Gary, I, I don't know how to find your why, but let, let's figure it out together. And they spent eight months together, uh, back and wow. forth on telephone and doing uh, different things. And uh, eventually they figured out that Gary's why was to figure out a better way to do things and to share it with the world. And sure enough, uh, Gary, Gary started looking at that and he said, yeah, that's me. That's what I do. He's had inventions. He's got some patents. He's always doing things to, he finds things that are already working well and making them better. Cool. And he found that that's what he always does. And, and so he said, wow, that makes a lot of sense. But since I'm a guy who likes to find a better way and share it with the world, we've got to find a better way to find people's why that doesn't take eight months. Mm. <laughs> mm hmm and he dedicated the next couple of years. Uh, you know, he was a dentist Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday and Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He interviewed people. He interviewed about 2,000 people. And he asked them, you know, Veronica, if you were sitting next to him on a plane, he was going to try to figure out your why. He was going to ask you questions about your why. JC, if you were standing next to him at the grocery store, guess what he was going to ask you? He was going to ask you about your why. And so he would he did that and he did that for a couple of years, collected all the questions that he asked and all the answers and created, and, and JC, you love this because you sent me a mind map. Uh, he created a mind map and he kind of started figuring out that if you asked a certain question, it would lead to another question, right? And so depending on how you ask the questions, you could eventually figure out what a person's why was. And that's what he did. He put it all together and created a, a questionnaire. And so he got the process down to about an hour. So he could sit with you for about an hour and ask you some questions and follow the map and say, okay, your why is to contribute. Uh, JC, your why is to challenge the status quo, uh, whatever it is uh, that one of the nine whys that came up. But he found that people, once he figured this out, people wanted to know this about themselves. So he started traveling and doing this with people and he found it exhausting. <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> if you're doing five people, that's five hours, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to discover their whys. And he said, he set out to find it yet another better way. And that's when he created the why discovery that JC has experienced. And that is a five minute assessment. There's a possible 1500 questions, Holy cow. but because it's logic, yeah, yeah. Because it's logic based, you only answer 10 to 12, Veronica. So we're not going to make you take the, 
the the full 1500 questions it's just logic based so based on how you answer the questions it brings you back he took that mind map basically and put it into a program and now people can discover their why at whyinstitute.com taking a 5 minute assessment and what we hear consistently from people is how do you do that in 5 minutes with so few questions mm. that's cool so one of the things that i learned coming out of college is that there's you know there's there's plenty of opportunity for people to do things on their own terms. But many people I find ought to not do that simply because they've grown up in a world where the focus is is really about security and safety, right? And to me, that's not really living. So life, you know, in my mind involves experimentation and doing things you've never really done. Otherwise, you know, your days become months and, and years really quick. And I think that's really one of the reasons why 2020 for so many people, even young people, flew by for, you know, just because their days were full of monotony. Mm. And after a while, I, I think that that takes its toll. Yeah. Uh, so tell me how you, how you decided you should actually become more or less a, another more, or at least part of Morpheus's team uh, with the Y Institute and how there's this need for you to, you know, give people the red pill. Yeah. So, you know, I think we all want to do work that matters, right? And when you, when you're doing work uh, at a medical device company, you're saving lives, right? If you're, Mm -hmm. if you're selling it to the right people, but do you ever really talk to the patient who really gets saved by that device that you sold? No, not really. Unless you're the ICU nurse working in there, that those are the people that get that satisfaction. Um, As a chief growth officer at the Y Institute, I daily work with individuals who either are looking to discover their why, they are leading a coaching organization where they're wanting to help their coaches help their clients discover their why, or their coaches themselves who want to be able to discover the why of their clients or help their clients discover their why so they can get to the work they do best. You know, a lot of our ideal client is a coach, an executive coach or a life coach who wants to shortcut that process. You know, every coach you go to is going to start with, okay, let's talk about what your natural drivers are. Mm -hmm. What is it that motivates you, right? So with the why discovery, we have found that coaches really appreciate getting to this work and getting it done in five minutes or less, getting the answer, knowing what drives their clients, and then getting to the work they do best. Because people don't come to a coach to discover their why. They come to a coach because they want to find their next career. They want to make a career transition or they want to live a better, more healthy life. Whatever it is that they want to do, um, they come to the coach for that. They discover the why and they figure out what drives them. And then they get to that work that they do best. And so that's where we have found uh, the most success. And for me, the the aha moment when I'm talking to an executive coach who's been coaching for 20 years and we go through the why discovery, JC, JC's why is to find a better way. Uh, probably there's a little bit of challenge, the status quo in there, probably a lot of challenge, the status quo in JC. <laughs> a and, little bit, a little and, bit. And there's a little bit of uh, simplify, right? And, and make things mm-hmm. understandable or make, mm-hmm. th- make sense of things for people. So for me, going from yep. an environment where I was really restricted to a place where I could, number one, contribute to the success of these coaches, which is my, my why. Number two, uh, challenge the status quo, do things differently. 
like I said, one of the things that I love is when I have the opportunity to show somebody a different way that they hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm. They may have been coaching for 10, 20 years and they hadn't thought of, hey, how? what if you knew their why before you talked to them? And then you can go on and have conversations about what drives them and then move to the planning and the things that you're going to help them improve on. Uh, and when that light comes on, that's different, right? That's We're challenging the status quo and we're going to do something different. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we get to my what of trust. And I think that helped me in my sales career, being, being somebody who wants to help by challenging the status quo and building trust. Uh, you always want to have a salesperson you can trust. And I always took the time to build relationships. Well, in in the work that we're doing now at the Y Institute, I I get to build some amazing relationships with some amazing people that are doing great things in the world and with their clients and with their coaching organizations. And that just feels good. And so I know I'm in the right place. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And basically, you know, we're talking about my work (laughs) here. I'm hearing you say that paradigm shifts are equal parts crisis and opportunity, right? <laughs> this changing of the status yes. quo, like you're talking about that lightning strike, that um, that moment that people, a lot of times people don't even realize that they are in need of. Um, and so when it happens, it's you can see the connections start to go off in their minds because suddenly all of these walls are breaking down and other ones are starting to form um, and life becomes a lot nicer. Um, mm-hmm. And so, as you've said, discovering one's why is really elu- can be really elusive. You guys have really developed a silver bullet, if I might say, at the institute in order to kind of cut through all the stuff. But um, as we on this episode know, there's the world gives us a lot of stuff. It gets layered on right after birth, all the way until we start to wonder who we really are. But not everyone ever gets that chance. To do so. And so I love that you um, at the Y Institute have found a way to basically simplify that process so that people don't have to lay on their deathbeds and wonder what it was all about. Um, And so can you lift the curtain for us a little bit and describe um, some of those questions and maybe some of the other methodologies that you've been using and maybe even give us an example of one of the, um, as we said, the, the lightning strikes that you've witnessed? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I always love to talk about the every one of us. You know, I, I mentioned Gary uh, figured out that there were nine whys. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be helpful if I kind of shared with you what the nine whys are. Yeah, let's do that. And and think of this. And, and I love your background, Veronica. You'll you'll probably get a kick out of this. Think of this as people you've met. Uh, we already talked about the why of contribute. People who always want to be helping others. Right. That's the most common why. Uh, the next one is people with the why of trust. So as I as I mentioned these, try to think of someone you know that behaves this way. People with the why of trust believe that trust is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. For them, if you trust them and they trust you, sky's the limit, right? We can work together. We're going to get along great. Mm-hmm. If you violate their trust, it's really hard to work with them again. It's really hard to even regain their trust. So if you know someone like this, you've probably... We have to be sure that we maintain that trust because it's really hard to regain it. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know this about them ahead of time. The third why is to make sense. Um, there's a little bit, JC has a little bit of this in him. <laughs> These are people who make sense out of things by resolving complex situations. They can take in a lot of data, you know, process it and say, 
I know what we need to do. They're the people, they're often the smartest person in the room because they're the people oh, that sit there drumming their fingers anymore. while everybody just. <laughs> yeah, that's no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no we've got some to <laughs> That was wide open. I had to do it. Sorry about that. But definitely the complex take ta- needing to solve the problems and chew on, chew the fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like JC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, they, and they know the answer and they say, okay, I know what we need to do. And they often are great problem solvers. They're great to have in a position where you need quick decisions mm-hmm. because they take in the data, say, okay, here's what we need to do. So um, that makes sense. The next one is better way. I talked about Gary. That's his why. People with this why like to develop a better way to do things and then they want to share it. So they're the people that, you know, in, in a company, they're the con- uh, continuous quality improvement people. It's good, but it can be better, right? Everything can always be made better. They sometimes can be annoying because you you keep improving things and you like, when are we ever going to be done? Uh, and they're never satisfied. <laughs> so they're always going to look for a better way, but that's how they're driven. And what's nice about them is if you need to fix something, they're the people you call on, uh, the, which is opposite of the next why, which is right way. People with the right way why like to create processes and they like to do things in a methodical way. Mm. So these are the people that create policies and procedures. So if you're coaching them, if they're your coaching client, these are the people that if you give them a plan, a 90 day plan, guess what they have done at the end of 90 days? They've done everything on the plan because that's the right thing to do, right? (laughs) They will do things the right way. They will follow uh, orders. A lot of times people said, because I was in the military, that I had to be a right way guy. But no, I was definitely a challenge, a status quo person. Uh, But these are great people to have when you need policies and procedures. In a highly regulated environment, these people thrive which is the opposite of the next why, which is challenge the status quo. Mm-hmm. So these are people that like to think differently than others. They like to challenge the status quo. They often ask the question, why do we have to do it that way? And they often really, they, they believe they can change the world and they often do. So the, the world is full of people, inventors and people who challenge the status quo and got us to somewhere new, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the seventh one is mastery. These are your subject matter experts. These are the people that when we um, go to court, these are the people you call when you need somebody who knows everything about a subject. They're deep learners. They like to dig deep into whatever their area of expertise is. And this is the most rare why only about 4% of the population has it. We've done this with over 40,000 people. And the the data shows that mastery is one of the most rare. Mm. The next one is clarify. Clarifiers are pretty easy to identify. These are people who ask a lot of questions and they need to be really clear on how they communicate and how they're communicated to. So they're the people that when you're doing a presentation, when you do Q&A, everybody's ready to go to lunch, but they keep raising their hand. Wait, wait, I have one more question. Right? We've all been in the room and, with and, people, we know. <laughs> right. And, and, until, and you know, the thing is, they won't move forward until they have clarity. So they, they'll get stuck. They keep saying, wait, it's not clear to me. I'm not ready to go to lunch until it's clear to me. Cool. And so it's important to know this about them, even when I do this. So before I meet with anyone, I send them a, a why discovery and I get to know what their why is. So if I have an appointment with someone with this why, I always book extra time because I know there's going to be extra questions. And sure enough, there are. I love it. And then the final one. Yeah. It's, so it's a great way to communicate with people with... um using their, their language, yeah. right? If they're clarified, let's just give them extra time. And then the last one is simplify, Veronica. It's 
these people are people that like things simple. So if you give them a plan, you know, they come to you and you say, hey, here's here's what you should do. And here's a plan. Here's a 90 day plan, 18 steps. They're going to say, hey, can you can you simplify it for me? Give it to me in three. Give me the three things I need to do to be successful because I can't do 18 steps. That's too much. And so they're great people to have around for communication because they break things down to its simplest. Form. Nice. So those are the nine whys that that Gary discovered about 10 years ago. And then the process that we went through after that is we found that everyone has a how, and it's one of the remaining eight whys after your why. That's how you bring your why to life. Uh And everybody has a what, what they can be counted on for. And that's what they deliver. So for me, my why is to contribute. How I do that is by challenging and what I bring, what I can be counted on is you can trust me. I do everything in my power to build trust. <laughs> I'm one of those people that goes the extra mile. And they, you know, If I said I was going to be there at 8.30 and I my car broke down, I'm going to find a way to get there by 8.30 because I said I would, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how I'm driven. You can count on me for that. And that's important to me. And it sounds like this is almost like what you were experiencing before where you were saying yes to everything. It was a misuse of your desire to create trust with people. And so you were saying yes, in order to be there and to be present and to show up. Absolutely. You take, you know, contribute and trust are very noble wise. Mm-hmm. And then you sandwich them with challenge in the middle. Um, you can, you can tend. So one of the things that I had to learn to do from after working with Gary, when he discovered my why, he said, Dan, you've got to learn to say no, because guess what? You're not making a big difference. You're making a little difference uh, in a lot of places, right. but you're, you want to make a big difference. You want to work at the things that you're the best at. So let's find that. And let's, and you know, what you're really good at is, is sales. So, you know, the, one of the things that Gary, I, I still laugh because we went to lunch after I, uh, I met with him, he discovered my wine. He said, Dan, I need your help. And he didn't say, Dan, I have a I have a job opening at the Y Institute and I'd like you to come help come and be our chief growth officer. He said, I need your help. Mm-hmm. So he knew that if he said right. I need your help to some why of contributing, I was gonna leave. <laughs> right. What can I do for you, Gary? Uh and he said, Look, you've you've got all this amazing sales experience and we wanna expand. We wanna get the word about the Y Institute out to as many people as possible. Oh. And we think you'd be the person to do that You're for us. You're doing a good and job. Of course, I leaned in and I said, <laughs> what do I need to do, Barry? I didn't look at a contract. We didn't sign anything. I just said, you know what? My my one-year hiatus is over three months in. Let's rock and roll. Go. How can I help you get the word out about the Y Institute? And that's what I do. Good for you. And I'm, I'm so glad that you found it because I can tell you're thriving there compared to probably the, the weariness that you felt previously. Um, and so as we're progressing into the, hopefully the end of the pandemic, so like we're fring, fingers crossing, knock on wood, um, and beyond, what do you want for those who are listening to this podcast? How they, how can they work to press forward even when the world is acting in fits and spurts? Yeah. You know, what, what I have found is, and, and I, and I mentioned the aha moments that we get with people. I think it's important. I think why is more important than ever as we're coming out of this pandemic, as we're trying to figure out that, you know, as JC found out twice, life can be short, right? 
Do you really want to spend your time doing something that 10, 20 years from now you're going to say, did I really miss all those birthdays? Did I really miss all those basketball games, baseball games, time with my kids so that I could build this empire for someone else or even for myself, even if you're doing it for yourself, what's important? Why do you do what you do? So one of the the valuable things that we've done uh, at the Y Institute is we help people discover their why, their how and what, and what they do with it is they use it as a filter. Mm. And, And let me tell you what I mean by that. For example, finding out that my why is to contribute, my how is to challenge and my what is to build trust. Anything that someone brings to me, those are the three questions I ask. I ask, well, does it help people? Hmm. Does it challenge the status quo? How is it different? Hmm. And does it build trust? Hmm. If it checks off those three things, I'm going to probably do them. If it doesn't, I'm going to refer you to someone else that might be a better fit for you. Because if I can't do those things, I'm not going to do a great job for you. And the same thing goes regardless of what your why, how, and what is. And I think that's the power that you want to have because when you're doing something that fits your why, how, and what, you have energy for it. Yeah, I have tons of energy to do anything that helps people, challenges the status quo, and builds trust. I can do that at night. I can do that in the morning. I can get up early and I can stay up late. If you tell me you want to, you want me to do something that, hey, Dan, this is a project we're working on. It doesn't really help people. It's really pretty much the same as everything else that's being done. And it's probably going to make people think uh, you're not very trustworthy. I'm going to run the opposite direction. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, and that happens, you know, with our clients. You know, we had um, recently, we had an attorney who is a personal injury attorney who is working in his field, has been in it for about 20 years, very successful, can pretty much name name his price. and and has great uh, name recognition. And, and he went through our process and we, we have a process where we do a personal, we call it your why operating system. So your top three whys are your why operating system. And he discovered his YOS. And, and what he told us was, you know, what the Y Institute process has done for me is to help me re-identify the culture and identity and belief system that I want in my organization, in his office. Mm-hmm. It made him feel good about himself and what he was doing. And now everyone on his team felt the same way. It was really validating and re-energizing. Even though he'd been doing it for 20 years, he remembered why he became an attorney and why he likes representing people who have been injured through the negligence of others and helping them get the best settlement they can so they can put their lives back together. Mm. Mm. Love that. That's 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 powerful stuff. Um, moving into uh, 2021 here. I mean, again, we're we're at the very beginning of the year, but again, you know, hopefully things are going to change. What are some of the things that you're excited to to see the Y Institute start doing, and or you know, different opportunities that you guys are are doing over there? You know, one of the focuses we have right now, JC, is working with coaching organizations, not just individual coaches. And just in the past couple of months, we've had the opportunity to work with individuals who are leaders of these organizations, and they've seen the value of helping their coaches in their organization discover their why. What we have found is, you know, Part of what we do in the process that we took Alex through is help you find your ideal client, 
right? Who is your ideal client? It's not everybody that wants to discover that wants to discover their why. It's everybody who sees value in knowing their why. And so we're talking to the right people. And I think one of the things we've done as we finished 2020 and went into 2021 is we really started asking the question, do you believe that knowing your why is important? And it, just by starting the conversation with that question, we can have a short conversation or a long conversation. If you don't know what the concept of why is, we're more than glad to share that with you. But if you don't think it's important to know why you do what you do the way that you do it, um, then that's a shorter conversation than someone who says, yes, I think it's important to know why I do what I do. Why, why, why OS is really your operating system is why we call it the YOS. It's how you are programmed by, by life, by genetics. We don't know where exactly it comes from, but it's how you do what you do and it's how you do everything. And so if you think that's important, if you think it's important to know that about yourself, if you think it's important to know that about your executive team, if you think it's important to know that about the clients you work with, then we're the organization for you. If you don't think that's important, that's okay too. We just will not probably spend a lot of time together because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Mm -hmm. As we're uh, wrapping things up here, uh, we're going into the rapid fire segment and rules are pretty basic. Like we give you the, the quick questions. You can give us context in your answers to kind of explain if it's a complex uh, answer back to the question. So first question, though, is relatively easy. Uh, three top favorite books you gift or tell others about. Ooh, right now I am reading The Road Less Stupid by Keith <laughs> Cunningham. Love that book. It is so full of great practical advice. Um Probably next one, uh, Chris Lowney, Heroic Leadership, um, just really meshes with my why, how, and what. And actually, the next one that I would recommend is one I'm starting. It's Play Bigger by Al mm -hmm. Ramadan, How Rebels and Innovators Create New Categories and Dominate Markets. Nice. Those all sound really good. Um, what message out there is a disservice to youth? I think telling kids that they can do anything they want to, but not giving them the tools and the process. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. not just about setting a goal, right? These kids are saying, Hey, look, you can do anything you want. Just set your mind mm -hmm. to it. Yes. But there's a lot of work that goes into that. It's not just writing down the goal and saying, okay, I'm going to be a world champ at tennis. You've got to put in a lot of work. And I think, um, a lot of times, especially in, in, in our younger generation, we, we probably build them up too much and don't give them the reality and the tools in order to get to where, where they, they want to go. So I think we want to be able to, yes, you can do anything you want, uh, but here's what you've got to do. Let's, let's give them the, the plan and the reality that comes with it. Yeah. You know, one of, the, one of the books that I'm going through right now is The Only Sales Guide You'll Ever Need. And I, you know, I'd go through at least one sales book a year. And one of the things that they, they go through is talking about, um, and I've never heard about th this way before, but it's mindset, skill set, and tools. Those are the, like the three things yes. that people need when they're doing anything really. And, right. you know, in that book, they're actually focusing on 
the mindset and the skill set and then the tools. I mean, there's so many tools out there when you're doing sales, right? That I mean, there's just whatever yeah. works for you. But <laughs> yeah, that's that that's that's I love that. That's that's great, Dan. Super. Um, yeah, thanks. What's one thing that you would love to do in your lifetime that no one actually knows about? Very interesting. You know, I've my uh, my oldest daughter is a is a runner and I'm a runner and my youngest daughter is a runner. One of the things I'd love to do is to uh, our you know, the reason I love the book Born to Run by Christopher McDougall is because he talks about the Tarahumara Indians in northern Mexico and they're they're tremendous long distance runners. I actually have ancestry going back to that, that, that bloodline. I'd love to go run the copper Canyon one day. Wow. That'd be super cool. With my two daughters. That would be be a lifetime experience for sure. Uh, If you were going to place any ad out into the world cost free, what would it be? I would say live your why find your why and live it because life is so much better when you do. Yeah. When you know your why, what you do has more impact and you just live a better life when you do that. I, I just, I've, I've seen it, I've, I've experienced it and I've seen it in countless people. And so I would say, discover your why and then live it, live into it, live into your gift. It's mm. cool. And, you know, we've been talking about how does someone find their 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 why their how their what but to me it's more of described as the three p's the purpose the passion and the process right and those three things those make up your personal mission and with your personal mission you know one of the things that we were talking about before the the beginning of the show was those that work for happiness make more than those who work for money and i think i got that quote from you i'm not sure but really the thing is is that when you find those three things out, you find your personal mission, and then you can actually make you make income without actually th- having to think about it, or at least you right. get to that point where eventually you can. Right? Um, how does someone realize that they're actually living their personal mission without doing the inventory, or can that happen? Absolutely. So, as, as I mentioned, I talk to hundreds of people um, that are come to the Y Institute and, and are looking for that answer, a lot of times what we do is was just reinforce what they already know. And what they say is all we've done is giving them a language to talk about what they already knew. They already knew they were a contributor, somebody that loves to help people. They already knew they were a better way person that loves to improve processes. And, and you did get that quote from me, JC. Uh, it came from, from Alex, uh, our attorney friend. He said, Dan, if you don't have purpose, it's hard to be happy. Mm. When you lose sight of what your purpose is, you lose sight of your happiness. And what he found is that when he discovered his why, he found his purpose. And he found that they're tied together, contentment and purpose. And the process that he went through helped him rediscover and refine his purpose. And so I think um, doing those two things are extremely important when you talk about purpose, passion, and process. Absolutely. You could start with why and then build the rest. Mm. Mm. Perfect. Well, Dan, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Again, uh, you, you and your, your peers and it, you know everything that the awesome things that you guys are doing uh, can be found at the whyinstitute.com. 
if people want to connect with you or or the Y Institute on the socials, how can they do that? So I'm on LinkedIn, Dan Dominguez, and my email is very simple, dan at yinstitute.com. Most of the stuff I do is on LinkedIn, so that's probably the best place to get a hold of us. But the Y Institute is on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So we're on all social media platforms. Super. Well, again, pleasure, Dan. Thanks, Thanks so much, JC. Thank you. So there you have it. I have to admit, I'm pretty impressed with what Dan and Gary are putting together over there at the Y Institute. And I can see why Dan hopped on uh, as bored as quickly as he did. And when people know what their why is, it's so much easier to put the other pieces together of everything else, including your, your what and your how, or, or what I like to call it, your purpose and your process. And if you want Dan to help figure out your why, like he did with me, then feel free to uh, reach out to him on LinkedIn and just let him know that you heard him on the show. And I'm sure, sure he'll be uh, happy to, to help you out there. And also, if you want to take this conversation to the next level, I have a couple of videos in the show note extras where you can do just that. First, you heard Dan go through the nine whys of the Y Institute. And if you'd like to hear them again, I have a video of Gary going through them that you can share with your friends, family, and coworkers. Then I have a video of Gary interviewing TEDx speaker and actress Bella Gonville about her experience after she learned her why was contribution. And then next, I have a video with Tisha Marie Pelter and Gary Rogers interviewing Dan about the work that he does. But then uh, Dan and Gary are actually um, on a panel with local Indianapolis coach here, Melanie Ake, who they actually kind of all talk about uh, their combined experiences with the Y Institute. So again, you can check out all the show notes and show note extras at newinceptions.com slash 195. So that is a wrap for session 195. Remember, if part of your why is helping other entrepreneurs with topics you're knowledgeable about, or perhaps you're just now starting on your path of following your own personal mission, uh, feel free to check out Fizzle. Again, you can do so uh, right now and get started right away at newinceptions.com slash fizzle. Again, that's newinceptions.com slash F-I-Z-Z-L-E. So with that said, thanks for spending some time with Dan, Veronica, and me today. And until next session, dig in, have fun, take care in whatever you're creating, and we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter at New Inceptions, Instagram at New.Inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.